All right, I'm excited about this question because this question relates to me. When I share with you this question, half of you will probably think this question has nothing to do with me. Uh, if that is you, then um, pay attention because you may be surprised, right? This question, just uh, to let you know, is submitted by an introvert. And because they are an introvert, uh, unlike Jody, I will not name them. But the real reason that I am excited about answering this question is because this question really speaks to me as well. So in a moment of vulnerability, let me share with you that I am an introvert, right? This question is about introverts. The question is, if God wants us to share our faith, why did he create introverts? Now, just by a show of hands, just for interest's sake, who in this room would consider themselves an extrovert? <laughs> Shot right up, I saw that, Pat. <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting. That is, uh, I'm not... I, <laughs> <laughs> pick me, pick me, yes, not, not again. I won't ask those who are introverts to raise their hand because that would kind of violate lots of introvert <laughs> policies, right? But that's very interesting because it seems, it would seem here that we have more introverts than extroverts, which is the reverse of some of the national uh, statistics. Somewhere between 60 and 70% of Americans are extroverts, right? That, that's that's what they say. Whoever, that's what the extroverts say. <laughs> the introverts didn't answer the question. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. But the fact that there's more introverts than extroverts here, um, perhaps makes this question even more pertinent, right? If God wants us to share our faith, why did He create introverts? So last week we had a guest worship leader. He did a great job. We missed you, Mike. It was glad, glad to have you back. And Tracy and I went to lunch afterwards with them. And we started talking. And it turns out that this guy and his father was one of the founding fathers of an evangelistic faith-sharing tool called Evangelism Explosion. Have you ever heard of that? Started in the like 80s or something like that. And this is how that model goes, right? You walk up to somebody's door that you've never met, and you knock on the door, and you say, if you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven? Is that it? Would you go to heaven? And so this conversation starts to percolate. And Tracy went through that training as well, and she's an extrovert. <laughs> and this guy was an extrovert. And they start having this life-giving conversation about evangelism explosion. And here's me, the introvert, just sliding under the booth. Because there is no way in the world that I am going to follow God's great command to share this gospel by doing such an extroverted thing. One of my evangelistic introverted heroes is St. Francis of Assisi. 
who about 700 years ago said this. He said, preach the gospel at all times, but only if necessary, use words. And I'm like, that's my kind of guy. <laughs> and he's saying that through our love, through our actions, we get to promote Jesus. So there is a problem with that, though. Because the gospel, Paul says, is all about leading people to confess that Jesus is Lord. Personally, I think that something's wrong with this evangelism explosion, go knock on a cold call of a door and just ask a hard question just like that. I'm not sure how effective that is. But us introverts often hide behind this St. Francis style of faith sharing too, right? I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to be a nice guy and maybe people will see Jesus through that. What I want to talk about today is what does it look like for us, some of us as introverts and some of us as extroverts, to find a way to share our faith that is somewhere between those two extremes. Does that make sense? So I want to share with you three words that come from three vignettes in the Scriptures. The first one is found in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to about 42. It's going to be on the screen, I think. If you want to follow on your Bible, please do so, or look on your app or whatever works for you. The first thing that I want to say is that whatever our personality, whether we are an extrovert or an introvert, we all need to adapt a little bit so that we can minister to different people. Let me tell you the story. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they were heading to the big city. In the big city, it's kind of hard to be an introvert, right? Because everybody's there doing their thing. Uh, you know, big cities are a, a collection of, uh, of extroverts in many ways, right? But before they get to the big city, we read that they enter a little village. This village would have been called Bethany at the time, where a woman called Martha welcomed them into her home. Let me just say this from the beginning. Jesus is ministering to these two people who he gets to know very, very well in a small village and in a smaller home. There's something about being in a village, in a home, that reveals who we are, right? Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, right? But there's something about this small setting that helps us understand who we really are. So Jesus comes into the village, he comes into the home, and is greeted by Martha. Now Martha is an extrovert. We read about her a couple of times in Scripture, once here and in another story. Martha, the extrovert, is someone who is always busy. She's always doing something. She's always got something going on. 
It makes sense that she was the one who greeted Jesus because she's an extrovert and she's out there and she's bold and she's friendly and all that kind of uh, exuberant, loud, welcoming, beautiful, sometimes annoying stuff, right? Martha is the extrovert. But also in the home, you've got Mary, who is the introvert. And the story tells us that Mary listened to Jesus. It tells us that she loved well. It tells us that she withdrew. And from the little that we see about her here and in the other passage... We can see that like many introverts, she liked peace and quiet. She liked to be alone and didn't have much time for busyness. You got Mary and you got Martha. You know, sometimes the best relationships we have are with people of a different uh, personality type than us, right? I'm an introvert. Tracy's an extrovert. Sometimes I love that she's an extrovert because of how it pulls me out. Sometimes I don't. (laughs) But the point is, I'm a better introvert, likewise, yeah, because I have an extrovert in my life, right? So Mary and Martha are, are, are doing their introvert, extrovert thing, and Jesus walks into the middle of this situation, As Jesus is there talking quietly with the extrovert, the introvert, Martha, the extrovert, comes and and pulls him aside and said, Jesus, you got to do something about this introvert. All she's doing is sitting there quietly listening to you. And we got cooking and cleaning and preparation and we got all kinds of things to do. The extrovert was frustrated by The introvert. It often happens that introverts are frustrated by the extroverts, right? And so Jesus says to her, he says, Martha, Martha, don't be distracted. Hang on a second, read my right. Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come here. But Jesus said to her, verse 41, my dear Martha, some versions of the Bible say Martha, Martha. He says her name twice, uh, which sometimes introverts need to do to extroverts, right? Just to get their attention, right? (laughs) You are worried and upset over many things. But there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. You got Martha and Mary. You got the extrovert and the introvert. And there's a little bit of conflict, and Jesus comes into the middle of this. And I believe he does two things. First of all, he affirms both of them. Sister Mary, she's doing something really important. She's listening. 
That's the most important thing that you can do. She is having quality time with me and not distracted. That's a really important thing to do. But as he's doing that, Jesus doesn't dismiss the extrovert either. He doesn't say it's not important for you to prepare the meal. It's not important that you go and greet people. It's not not unimportant that, that you're doing this. He affirms both personality traits. But then he encourages the extrovert to slow down a little bit and adapt to what's happening. He says, you're so, you're so busy, you just need to, need to calm down. You know, again, some of us introverts see that in extroverts, right? I, I, I remember, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell this story because you'll never meet this lady, but her name was Zara, and I went to high school with her. And she was like the archetype, archetypical classic extrovert, right? Go, go, go. Never met a stranger. So in your face. And she was, she was a really sweet girl. But I remember when I was like 16, 17 years old, going up to her and saying, hey, you just need to calm down, which is a very unintrovert thing to do. But I was just, just wasn't doing her, 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 her any good. But the reality is we've met people like that throughout our life, right? Extroverts who just go, go, go. And we say, hey, you just need to adapt a little bit and tone it down. And that's what Jesus is saying to Martha here. What isn't recorded in the story, though, and Jesus could have very well said it, was that he could have said to, to Mary, the introvert, hey, Mary, it would be nice if you helped a little bit. You do need to, to move forward a little bit. That This is a safe place for you to, to grow a little bit. Jesus is doing two things as he sees these very different personalities. I believe, one, he's affirming the personalities. You are who you are. Your role is really, really important. But secondly, he's encouraging both of the personalities to adapt a little bit. Extrovert. You need to step into the introvert world a little bit. Introvert, you need to step into the extrovert world a little bit as well. If God wants us to share our faith, why did he create introverts? The first thing that we need to understand in order to share our faith in order to function in this big, crazy, multi-personality world, we need not lose who we are because Jesus affirms that. But we've got to be prepared to adapt. If extroverts are here on this extreme, talking at 100 miles an hour, and introverts are sitting in a corner somewhere over here, if we want to have relationship, if we want to have life, if we want to create a platform to share our faith, we've both got to move to the middle a little bit. Jesus affirms who we are, but from that affirmation, he encourages us to adapt a little bit. Does that make sense? It's vital when it comes to issues of sharing our faith that we don't say, this is who I am, deal with it. 
that we say, I'm this. This is a gift from God. God looks at me and loves me, but I may have to adapt a little bit. We adapt so that we can minister to different people. The first thing I want to say. Second vignette. That makes sense? Neither extroverts or introverts like that because we're quite happy where we are and we think we're right and we look down on the other people. But the reality is <laughs> we got to adapt a little bit. It's how relationships and community works. Second scripture, it's found in John 17. John 17, verses 20 to 23. Let me tell you what's happening here. This is a day before Jesus goes to the cross. It's one of the most um, intense moments of his life. And he walks away and prays, prays one of the most intense prayers of his life. On one hand, this reminds us that Jesus was an introvert who liked to go away on his own. But the boldness of his prayer reminds us that he was an extrovert as well. He starts praying. He says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, those who were close, but I am praying for all those who will ever Believe in me. You know in that moment who he's praying for? Not just his disciples, but us. Way back when, Jesus was saying, God bless you, us, today. As Jesus is thinking about the reach of his message, this need to share the gospel, he's not just praying for those close, he's praying for all those who will believe. I pray, he says, that they will be one, Father, just as you and I are one, as you're in me and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. Jesus here is lifting high this value of oneness, of togetherness, of unity. He's got his eye on the world and all those who are going to come in the future and believe in him. And he's saying the only way we're going to reach those people, the only way we're going to tell those people the good news is if those who follow me are one. If they're together. The Apostle Paul said it this way. He says, you, in this, this search to be together with God, you kind of function like a body. Some of you are an arm. Some of you are a leg. Some of you are a shoulder. Some of you are a head. We're all different parts of the body, and each of us have a role to play. He's saying that if we want to share our faith with the world, then we have to fit together. That word fit does not often sit comfortable 
with either extroverts or introverts, right? First of all, if we want to share this gospel, regardless of our personality, we've got to be prepared to adapt. But secondly, as we adapt, we've got to figure out how we fit together. He goes on in John 17 by saying, this is so, so important. Because a fractured church cannot witness to the oneness of a powerful God. He's praying that his church gets his act together so that they can function as a whole. You see, there's a problem if someone looks at my life and they see who I am and they see who I do and they form their picture of Jesus just on me. If they do that, their picture of Jesus is very, very limited. But if we can work together with all of our personalities, with all of our differences as one, then people get to see a much fuller picture, a much more precise picture of who Jesus is. Does that make sense? And so I think the second thing that I want to say about this introvert, extrovert, sharing our faith thing is not only do we have to adapt, we also have to figure out how to fit. And I think especially for introverts, that's really hard for us to do because we want to withdraw. If we're honest, we like our own company more than we do other people's company. But we've got to figure out how to fit together so that we can proclaim and celebrate that there is one God, there is one Lord, one Father who is above all. Introverts and extroverts need to figure out how to adapt, but we also need to figure out how to fit. And I think I would say, especially to the introverts, myself included, is that we need to figure out how to wiggle and jiggle a little bit. That there is this idea of coming together, of community, that we need to sacrifice who we are in order to fit. That's not true at all. God has made us with incredible gifts, with incredible strengths, with incredible talents, that we don't need to do away with who we are, we just need to take some little steps outside of our comfort zone and wiggle it and jiggle it a little bit so that we do fit. Does that make sense? Second thing I would say to the extrovert and the introvert, not only do we need to adapt, we need to figure out how we fit and we need to wiggle and jiggle it a little bit. And wiggle and jiggling are not things that introverts do. <laughs> Wiggling and jiggling are things that extroverts do, right? <laughs> so you've heard. 
right? If we want to share our faith, the good news for introverts is that we don't have to do it alone. We do it together. But in order to do it together, we got to figure out how to fit in this very difficult thing for us called community, called the church. That makes sense? If we want to figure out how to share our faith as introverts or as extroverts, first of all, we got to be prepared to adapt so we can meet different people. We've got to be prepared to fit. Because in the body of Christ, there are so many different gifts. None of us have a, a, a full representation of Christ. It takes all of us to do that. Then there's a third word that I would remind all of us of. And that word is invite. We adapt so that we can minister to different people. That's true for both of us. We fit together so that we can love all people. That, that's a word for all of us too. But perhaps that's a slightly harder one for the introverts. Turn to 1 Thessalonians 2. Chapter 7 to 12, I believe it's coming up on the screen. We're made to share our faith to invite all people. But we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. Look at the introvert wording in there. Can you go back? Gentle, nursing, affectionate, dear. Those are words that we would tend to associate more with an introvert, right? And so as it's a challenge for the introverts to step up and fit, here there's a challenge for the extrovert to tone down and to care a little bit more. He's saying that if we want to share our faith with this unbelieving world, we need to position ourselves as a mother or a father we need to walk in kind of this parental responsibility, right? Where we assume this parental role that loves and nurtures and cares. A couple of weeks ago, I went to this video that the Seminole County um, Children's Cabinet or, or, or something was showing. And it talked about abused children and how, if that abuse is not addressed quickly, then as the children grow up 40, 50, 60 years later, there are physical repercussions to that trauma in their lives. One of the shocking statistics was that children who are abused as children live 10 years younger than those who aren't. Staggering new research that should scare all of us. 
So we're here in this video, and we're all kind of blown away by these, these medical facts. And then the question becomes, well, how do we respond to that? It, when, when someone's been hurt and abused, what can we do that, that doesn't just kind of heal their mind, that, 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 that loves their body towards uh, health and wholeness so that they, they can go on to live full, healthy lives? The research concludes that if there is a stable adult in the life of a traumatized child, then that can heal them not just emotionally but physically as well. What this research is saying is that there is a need in our world today for stable adults. What Paul is saying to the church in Thessalonica, there is a need for stable, caring, loving, nurturing adults. And that's perhaps somewhere that extroverts need to learn a little bit from introverts. We're all made to share our faith by inviting people. You know, I, I believe with all my heart that there's a shift taking place in evangelism right now. You know, a few months ago, we mourned the loss of Billy Graham and, uh, and what an incredible man he, he was. But he had a style of evangelism that perhaps wouldn't work as well today as it did 20, 30 years ago. A lot of reasons for that, and that's another message. But one of the things that I think the church needs to understand is that one of the primary ways that we need to share our faith now is by loving and caring. You've all heard the phrase, right? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Unless we're caring for people, we don't have a platform or a voice to share our faith. That's really encouraging news for introverts because we like to think that we can care well. We have a responsibility to care. Paul continues. He says, if you want to be serious about this this caring for people as a form of evangelism. There are three um, transcendent personality traits. You know, so often we get caught up in, well, I'm an extrovert, so I'll do this, or I'm an introvert, I can't do that. But Paul's exhortation here in, in Thessalonians is not to get caught up in that. He said there are some traits that transcend that, and you've got to give your life to those things. It says you need to be focusing on holiness and on righteousness and blamelessness. He's saying that if you want to be effective at sharing your faith, you've got to be connected with God. You've got to be living as best you can a holy life. Saying you've got to do the right things. You've got to be blameless. Don't give people a reason to dismiss you. Don't focus on... Your personality, he's saying, give yourself to these traits that transcend these. He wraps up by saying, you can be a person who encourages, who comforts, who urges people to put their faith in Christ. 
It is living a life worthy before God that puts us in the best place to share our faith, regardless of what our personality is. If God wants us to share our faith, which he does, why did he create introverts? Because he knows that introverts have a key role to play in loving and caring and nurturing. We adapt. We've all got to adapt so we can minister to different people. We got to fit together so that we can love all people. All of us have got to figure out how we can care better so that we can invite all people to come to know Christ. Hi, ma'am. You okay? Good. Sorry, I don't mean to embarrass you, but you okay? Good. <laughs> we adapt, we fit, and we invite. We become all things to all people, Paul says, so that we can win some. Let me close with this. So in the first little picture, <laughs> lost my train of thought several times in the last two minutes. <laughs> in the first picture, Jesus says there is just one thing that matters. And to answer this question about sharing our faith and engaging our personality, I want you to picture that number one. Because if we want to share our faith, Martha and Mary and that interaction tells us that Jesus needs to become number one. Jesus tells us in John 17 that if we want to share our faith, We've got to function as one. And Paul tells us in Thessalonians that our job is to proclaim one. Here's the deal when it comes to sharing our faith. It's not really about our personality. It's not really about whether we're an extrovert or an introvert. There, there are pros and cons to both. It's about whether we can focus on the one, that we can function as one, so that together we can proclaim one. Patrick and I have a little joke that is the answer to any question. We say it's all about Jesus. And when it comes to sharing our faith, especially when it comes to sharing our faith, it's not about whether I'm an introvert or an extrovert. It's not even about whether I've got this gift or that gift. It's about prioritizing the one so that we can function as one 
as we proclaim to a hurting world the one who is the answer. Does that make sense? Sharing our faith is not about us and the strengths and weaknesses of our personality. It's about the one. 